morning, everybody. Glad to have you with us today, and it's too bad you missed the great theological discussion we had before this class started. Anyway, we'll go on to, to new and better things. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Now, we're going to approach this a little differently today, but let's read them. I'm going to read them from the Revised Standard Version. It said, He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest at the end of times for your sake. Verse 21, Through Him... You have confidence in God who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Now, when I look at this, there's a couple... I, it, 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 to me, there's two distinct things going on here. First of all, he's talking about Jesus as being the foundation of the world. He was there before the foundation of the world. We read in Colossians that everything that was made uh, was made through Him. And so we know, first of all, that He was here before the foundation of the world. So uh, His his eternal uh, immutable characteristics are He's always been here. He's always will be here. Uh, now, I want to look quickly at, at four words that come out of this set of scriptures. Foundation, manifest, glory, and hope. Um, when you're talking about foundation, uh, we, we know Jesus is the foundation uh, that God built everything on. But within that framework is humans. What's our foundation? We've, we see some really interesting scriptures about this. Um, I want to go to, to Psalms chapter 11, verse 3. And I'm going to read it from the expanded translation. It's, it's, a, little, it's a lot like the Amplified um, in, in that it takes the words and expands them, but it does it a little differently than the Amplified. So it's, uh, it's really, I like the translation. Psalm 11, 3 says, when the foundations, or stable society, collapse, what can the good, righteous people do? So, one of the questions that come out of here, when the foundations that our, our societies build on start to collapse, what can they do? Well, we're, we're seeing that happening around us right now. The effort is on to completely destroy everything, uh, certainly that I grew up with. Um, I start talking to young people and just asking them some basic questions. Um, they don't know where Vietnam is, let alone that we had a war uh, over Vietnam. Then um, it just goes on, and, and some of the questions, I quit asking questions because I couldn't believe some of the answers I was getting. So the foundation that we were built on, is starting to collapse. So, what what foundations are there that we could say are collapsing? Well, I'll give you seven, the seven mountains that we should be involved in, but that we've let slip to the enemy. Now, the foundations are the media, the government, 
education, economy, religion, arts and entertainment, and family. Those are the foundations that our societies build on. Now remember, Jesus is the foundation for everything that was ever made. We get that. So we get we drill down a little bit and see what it was that he offered uh, when they when when man was created we had a society that was created and those seven mountains are under complete attack we see that now as we go on we can go to Ezekiel chapter 30 verse 4 and we read a sword will come upon Egypt and anguish will be in Ethiopia and when the slain fall in Egypt, they take away her, her multitude and her foundations are pulled down. As the enemy comes in, the first thing that he'll do is destroy the foundations of the society that he was built on. So in this case, um, Egypt will destroy the foundations of Ethiopia is what he's talking about. So that's a battle that we have uh, twofold. One, we don't have a battle with Jesus. We know that. And that He is the eternal foundation. But then we have what we were given and what was developed on our behalf, our foundation. And that is something that we need to, to, to be aware of. Now, um, Luke 6, 46 through 9, 49. Again, I'll read it from the expanded translation. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do what I say? I will show you what everyone is like who comes to me and hears or listens to my words and obeys them or acts upon them. That person is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the floods came, the water the river tried to wash away the house, but it could not shake it because the house was well built. And it was well built on that foundation that we know is God and His Word. But the one who listens to my ground without a foundation, when the floods come, their house will be quickly and immediately destroyed. So we are seeing before our eyes Satan battling to destroy our foundations. And we need to be aware of that so we can we can pray into it and fight against it. Now, the next word in there that I want to pull out is the word faith. Um, we got a classic uh, example of faith in Hebrews 11, 1 and 6. I'll read that from the Amplified Classic. Now faith is the assurance or the confirmation and title deed of the things we hope for. We'll get to hope in just a minute. It's being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So this gives us a description of faith and how we should operate with it. Now, verse 6 in Hebrews 11 says this, Without faith it's impossible to please and be satisfactory to Him, for who would ever come near to God must believe that God exists and that He is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. Now, 
He's speaking of faith, and you can't please God without faith. So we first thing we would look at there, I'd t- send you back to one verse in Mark, chapter 1, verse 12. It says that uh, the Father, after the dove came and settled on Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit came, settled on Jesus like a dove, the Father spoke and He said, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So we know Jesus operated in faith and we can see what the definition of it is right here. Okay? So, let's go on and look at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 in the Amplified Classic. Let's look at that and it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it to uphold it with justice and righteousness from the latter time, the zeal of the pardon me, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we see that that everlasting foundation, one of the benefits of His coming, is that the government will be upon His shoulders. Um, Lord knows I'm ready for that right now. Our government is so uh, dyslexic. It can't. It sees everything upside down. It sees good as bad, and bad as good, and it sees stupid things that just they don't make any sense at all. Uh, so we want the foundation, Jesus. We want Him to build the government on His principles and His foundations. Okay. Now let's look at Mark chapter five again. I'll read it in the expanded translation. But Jesus, overhearing what had been spoken, said to the synagogue official, Don't be afraid, only believe. Now, the, the synagogue official is a guy named Jairus, and he had come to Jesus and said, Hey, if you'll come lay your hands on my daughter, she'll live. And then, the, then Satan shows up with the death messenger. The guy comes in and says, Now remember, this guy got his faith out there, and we go back and look as the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Satan's death messenger shows up to Jairus and says, your daughter has died, why bother the teacher anymore? Jairus has a, has a decision to make, and Jesus uh, it's interesting, I read one thing where it says Jesus spun on his heels and looked him in the eye and said, Do not be seized with fear and alarm. Only believe. So Jairus kept his mouth shut and just hung on to what he believed, and sure enough, uh, his daughter was raised from the dead. So there we see faith in action, and I think the the issue that we want to go back to, First Peter 1, Verse 21, through Him you have confidence in God. We have confidence in God. What, is, what does confidence mean? Well, confidence means that I have assurance that what I'm looking at is going to happen. Now, having confidence in God and being bold in God and believing God 
is okay. It's, it's really okay when everything's going well. It's not hard to believe God when there's money in the bank, job's going well, you got a new car, new house, uh, everything's going fine. It's easy to believe God. It's when those things start to disappear or the foundations are shaken. It's easy to believe God, but when the foundations are shaken, like happened to, to Jairus, Behold, your daughter has died. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Now, at that point, Jairus kept his mouth shut, and we know what happened from that point forward. Jesus uh, took the disciples and his par- and, and the girl's parents, and she was uh, raised from the dead. Now, look at a couple of other verses. Second Chronicles 20.20 20 in the expanded translation. And they rose early in the morning, and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Establish your faith in Yahweh, your God, and you will be established. Establish your faith in His prophets and succeed. So what Jehoshaphat's saying, when this great army is coming at him, what Jehoshaphat is saying is put your faith in God and be established. In other words, put your faith in God regardless of what it looks like. That's the tough part. That's the part that we don't do so well in. Uh, we, we, we've looked at... Uh, I'm teaching another class when we talk about George Barna and uh, his research on the church in the United States. And we find out that in the United States, only 6% of the people in the United States... Have a have a biblical worldview. Have a biblical worldview. Now, uh, there's like 70 or 80 million people that say they're born again Christians, but out of that, only 15 million really have a a uh, biblical worldview. So what you're looking at is a lot of people in the church and other are not. Pardon me, are not established in the Word. They're not established in Yahweh. And they don't have faith that God's going to do what He said He'd do. And I would also say to you that one of the reasons they don't have faith is they don't know what He said He'd do. Now, one more Scripture. Psalm 4, verses 4 and 5. When you are angry, you're disturbed or you tremble. Do not sin. Think about these things. Meditate on them. Speak to your heart about them. Speak to your heart about them. That's the self-talk. A lot of times our self-talk is not good. Uh, the reason I know that is I hear other people talking about it. Certainly my self-talk is okay. The way I do it is just fine. Uh, self-talk's a problem for everyone. And it's been a problem for me for years. And what happens is you begin to, to say it long enough and you say it often enough that you think it's true. And it's not. He says right here, think about the things of God and speak, speak of them to your heart. Now, he also says, quietly as you go to bed, do what is right as a sacrifice to the Lord and stand in righteousness and trust the Lord. So you can see what he's talking about in here is believing God that what he said is true. So when he's talking about the foundations, again, we're talking about Jesus, that's true. We've got to believe that. 
even though it looks like everything around us is, uh, is coming apart at the seams, we have to believe that what God said is true, even when it doesn't look like it. Remember, faith perceiving is real fact what is not revealed to the senses. It's hard to see that when the media is lying, the, 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 the spokesman for the government is lying, when people lying all the time, and then they admit it, but they keep lying, it's hard to believe things that you don't see. But we have to do that. Now, let's look at Mark chapter 9, verses 22 and 23. And it's often thrown him, uh, pardon me, this guy's got a problem. His kid's getting thrown around by a demon, and he goes to his disciples, and they can't fix it. So he, he talks to Jesus, and here's a, a little part of the conversation. Jesus said, how long has he been doing this? And, and the guy says, and it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. That supports what he said in Hebrews 11.1. 1. All things are possible to him who believes. So we correct our self-talk and we look at our foundations. Are we built on the house that's a rock? And if we are, then we have to maintain our statement uh, that what God said is true regardless of whether we feel like it or not. Now, one last verse on that. Mark 11:22 and 24. Jesus said, answered them. Again, go back to this little issue here. Uh, Jesus had cursed a fig tree uh, on Monday, and on Tuesday it was dead. Peter, being quick of his mind, saw that, and he, he said, uh, what happened? How did that happen? Jesus said, um, answered him and said, Have faith in God, and truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. For this reason I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe you've received them, and they'll be granted to you. Now, there's a, uh, you know, as it is with Satan, uh, everything that he can that God does, he'll misuse if possible. This scripture uh, is often misused, and it's also uh, used to beat people over the head. I, I remember one uh, uh, study Bible I read that at the footnote it said, Jesus didn't really mean you could have what you say. Well, why did he say it then? And that's the way religion works. Religion just wants you to go in a certain path that's not, not right. So faith, we've seen what faith requires us to do, believe things that we can't see, and have conviction that they're true. So if we go back to, that, to our first Peter... Jesus was destined before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest at the end times for your sake. So, uh, he was made manifest. He showed up as a little baby. He grew 33 years. He did so many things that John said if he'd written all the books, he couldn't have contained them all, of all the things that he did. I'd love to see that. And, um, uh, you know, it would be interesting to be a part of that. But... He says, through him you have confidence in God. 
through Jesus, the fact that He's stable, the fact that He is the foundation, the fact that what He says happens, happens. Uh, we, all, we all know John 3.16, and you could quote it by heart, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. We believe that. Everybody believes that. Raise your hand. So everybody believes that. John believes it. Um, uh, Emily believes it. Uh, Anna Marie is not too sure about it. So anyway, she... Oh, there she is. Yeah, there she raised her hand. Now the point to be made is um, the confidence we have is that God's going to do exactly what He said He'd do. He's going to do exactly what He said He'd do. Do we have confidence in that? Well, what is confidence? What what do you have confidence in that God said? I have confidence that I'm going to be saved, that I am saved, and that I have an eternal home. Uh, if we go to, uh, in fact, let me look this up. Philippians 1.6 just came to my mind. Philippians 1.6. God began doing a good work in you, and I am sure, I'm confident and persuaded, He will continue it until it's finished. And when Jesus Christ comes again. So, the work that God has started in your life, in my life, uh, the work that I saw, uh, you know, uh, I, I became a Christian in July of 1968. It was after the Tet Offensive. My cousin was killed in Vietnam. Um, and it, it it was a very tumultuous time to say the least. If uh, if you run into people who say they wish it was 1968, that's because they didn't live in 1968. Had to, had they had they been alive when it was going on, they'd want to get out of it as fast as possible. So uh, the point that I want to make is that Jesus will finish what He started in you, even if you doesn't doesn't look like it. You may be having trouble in some areas. Remember what he said. We have confidence that God will do what he said he'd do. That's the whole basis of our faith. Now, let's look at confidence. Let's look at, at Acts 4.13. The leaders saw that Peter and John were not afraid to speak, that they were bold and confident, and that they understood that these men had no special training or education, or were common, ordinary, uneducated. They had no formal training from a rabbi in teaching scriptures. So they were amazed. Then they realized that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Now, it's really interesting, that scripture there, and another one I'll tell you to go to is 1 John. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2. And we'll go to verse 20. First John chapter 2, verse 20 says, You have the gift, the anointing, the Holy Spirit, and or the spiritual gift of the Word of God applied to their hearts. You have the gift that the Holy One gave you. So you all know the truth. And I do not write you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know the truth, and you know that no lie comes from the truth. And if I go back and look at verse 27, he'll say, 
Uh, Christ gave you a special gift that is still in you. So you do not need any other teacher, but just as it is, His gift and anointing teaches you about everything. So when you've got Christ in your heart, He can teach you through the Holy Spirit what you need to know about what it is you're going to do. Now, uh, will He teach you uh, calculus? Or will He teach you uh, advanced trigonometry or any of those kind of things? Well, He certainly knows them. But will He teach them to you? Well, I, I, I would share with you one of my favorite stories by Chris Vallotton. Um Chris, when you hear his testimony with Bethel Church, uh, Chris was not very good at, at computers. In fact, he didn't like computers at all, but he had to use one in his business. They had a car parts business. And the interesting thing was that he ne- he, and he bought off-the-shelf off the software, which we did a lot in the 90s. He bought off-the-shelf software, and he needed it to have five fields for his customers when the off-the-shelf only had three. But he needed five. So he called the, the, uh, the, peop- the company that made the software. They got in, t- in touch with the computer programmer. He got in touch with Chris and told him what he wanted. And, the, and the, the programmer said, we can't do that. And he gave him a reason why. He said, you can't have five in there. And he gave him a lot of reasons why he couldn't do that. So Chris just assumed that they wouldn't. Well, he goes to bed that night. And he has a dream, and he sees a whole bunch of weird things. And he gets up, and he tells his wife about it. And she stops, and she says, read those off to me. So she wrote them down, and she said, this looks like computer code to me. Chris doesn't know what computer code is. She says, let me have that sheet. So she goes over to this software, and she goes and opens up a window. She types all of these commands in there hits the enter key, and guess what? She's got five fields for her customers now. So how did that happen? Chris doesn't know computing. His wife doesn't know computing. So how did that happen? Because of his faith in the Lord, the Lord showed him how to do it. That's one of the the benefits of being a Christian, is if you'll turn to God, like it says in 1 John, we have an anointing so we can turn to God and get answers to most difficult problems that nobody else can answer. That's why hanging in there with faith, you know, perceiving as real fact the things that aren't revealed, pardon me, perceiving as real fact the things that aren't revealed to our senses. Now, um, let's look at another scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.8. So I say that we have courage or we're confident and we really want to be away from this body and be at home with the Lord. Well, he's talking about, remember, Paul went to heaven, came back, and he says it's a lot better to be there than here. Now, he said, I have con- I'm confident about that. So here's confidence again in what Jesus said, even though it doesn't look like it. Uh, uh, we go back to Philippians 1.6 again. God began doing a good work in you, and I'm sure, I'm confident, I'm persuaded, He will continue it until it's finished. So you may be sitting, what you consider sitting on a landmine, or sitting on a booby trap, and your your life's about ready to blow up. Don't give up, because it doesn't matter what you think or see, 
Jesus said, Paul tells us that Jesus said he'll, he'll finish what he starts in your life. That's the beauty of this. Now, uh, see anything else? Oh, I wanted to I wanted to talk briefly about the word glory. That's a word that I've never liked because nobody uses it in, in English. I've never heard anyone use it other than when they're talking to the Bible. And what is the glory of God? My pastor David Holt gave the greatest explanation to that. He said, "Glory is to fully reveal God's character and likeness. To fully reveal God's character and likeness." That's exactly what Jesus did. It says that he, is, he represents the fullness of God, the complete fullness of God. And so he told uh, one of his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now that's, pretty, that's pretty bold. So uh, I, hope this, I hope this gives you some information and, and will help you look deeper. And when you look at 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, you'll see that foundation of faith and confidence in God is what enables you to do what it is that you're called to do. Peter talks a lot about, uh, about um, uh, tribulation and trials, and he says that in Second Peter and what. So uh, let's, let's, let's have confidence that God will do what he said he'll do. Now I'm going to close in prayer. And Father, thank you so much that your word is true and we can rely on your word even when it doesn't look like it's good for us. We will rely on the word. We'll have confidence and speak boldly while you reach out your hand to do miracles, signs, and wonders just like you did for Peter and John. We thank you for that, sir, in Jesus' name. I'll look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. Estrela alva brilha em mim, brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver. Estrela alva brilha em mim, brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver. Brilha a luz que é nua.